0: This episode of the Infamous Podcast is brought to you by CBS All Access. Looking for a new streaming service to add so you can watch more stuff? Check out CBS All Access. Hit up InfamousPodcast.com slash CBS and you can get a free one-week trial to CBS All Access and check out things like Star Trek Discovery, Picard, Survivor, um, You know all the other cool stuff that CBS has to offer, Star Trek Discovery. I said that already. You should really watch that. Um, yeah, so hit up infestpodcast.com slash CBS to learn more. Hey, welcome back to the Infest Podcast. This is Brian. With me is Daryl. Thank you, Julian, for being a patron. Go check out patreon.com slash infestpodcast. This week, we we're brought to you by CBS, Lower Decks. The animated Star Trek cartoon lands soon. Um, I think it's like August 6th, August 4th, something like that. Uh, so that is actually kind of a cool thing that's worth checking out. And uh, yeah, Daryl, can I have put more stuff into the first 13 seconds of the show?
1: I know. Did you even take a breath? No, I didn't. Not one. <laughs> it's, funny. <laughs> it's, it's funny you mentioned Lower Decks, but do you you know the Arthur John Scalzi? He's known for Old Man's War. Yeah. Uh, for other ones you know he has a book called red shirts which ah. is kind of like a satire on you know the whole star trek thing that's awesome i read a sample of it uh i think i actually have to get might get it because it it's it's pretty funny that's very cool. <laughs> it's like they have it you know they have this instant like the opening scene is it's you know it's the captain and you know the way team stranded on a rock mm-hmm. because this like underground trimmers type creature is there and one of the ensigns is like. Hey, I can make it. <laughs> and he does. Spoiler alert: He doesn't make spoiler, it. Spoiler:
0: He doesn't. So, well, um, on the Going Geek News blog that I used to do the, my 404 page, it says like when you get to a page that doesn't exist, it says this shirt, this uh, page has been redshirted. Be on back over to the home page to try again. <laughs> So that's funny,
1: you know, you know, in college sports, when you get, you know, you, you get that extra year when you're usually when you're a freshman, you get redshirted.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or in the case of Alex Moran, you try and redshirt your junior year.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Little Blue Mountain State there. Little Blue Blue Mountain State there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, that usually
1: happens for injuries. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: So. So, All right. Um, So this week we have some news um we are reviewing a really interesting indie comic called malik reigning devil um thus the title is actor versus actor versus devil and uh we are doing another actor versus actor segment um daryl picked an actor uh who i know who he picked because he told me and i picked an actor who i will not tell daryl until we get to that segment <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm a fan of that being nope. in the dark like
0: you, this. You don't like being in the dark, so.
1: <laughs> which is funny because I'm actually in the dark right now because it also looks like it's about the storm yeah. outside, and I turned off the lights. So I'll give you a hint. Here. It's not Macaulay Culkin. Hmm.
0: Although if it was uh, Macaulay Culkin for the great, hands down, the good son. So anyway.
1: That's actually a good one. It's so good. That's a really good one.
0: All right. So, Comic Con at Home is going on right now. And um, we're not covering that today. So, um, we'll talk about that next week. And we'll do next week, we're going to give a little uh, Umbrella Academy prep uh, to get ready for season two, which will come out the day after we record next week. So, um, look forward to that in two weeks. but to kick off today, DC Universe is no longer offering their yearly subscription. Um the yearly subscription was something like forty nine ninety nine or something like that. It's pretty cheap. Yeah. Right. Um now it's just seven ninety nine a month, uh which is weird. And then they canceled all the people who had yearly memberships.
1: Yeah, that is uh, that's like that, from a business perspective standpoint, that is like customer service wise, that is pretty terrible.
0: It's really weird. Um, now, so the weird thing is not all of the stuff from the DC universe is on HBO Max yet. Yet, Doom Patrol has moved over there, Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. the Harley Quinn cartoon, is moving yeah, over there, come- uh, in yeah. August. Um, but, like, Titans hasn't moved over yet. And I don't think Titans is going to move over. I think they're going to try and bilk people for 8 bucks a month to watch Titans.
1: Which, again, going back to being customer service-wise, not a – I mean, I just the whole rollout. I had some issues with, you know, HBO Max and how they rolled it out and how, you know, HBO Max and, you know, HBO Now versus HBO Go. They, they just have not done a good job. In putting a package together that that makes sense mm-hmm. and that is easily understandable, right. and and again this and this is just it's funny because it just reminds me of the DC universe. Yeah, the cinematic universe is just throwing stuff at the wall and saying, <sighs> Okay, does this stick? Yeah. Okay, that's not sticking. We can ignore that. Oh, this is sticking. So let's do something with that. But yeah, it's just it's just poorly executed. Yeah,
0: it is. And I think the whole DC. Part of um, HBO Max is a little poorly executed because a bunch of the stuff is coming off soon, but like, it's got some of the cartoon movies. It's got Batwoman. It's got Beware the Batman. It's got this superhero girl stuff. It's got that stupid ass Ray cartoon. I don't know if you watch that on the CW. No, um, Green Lantern is on there. Um, yeah, Joker, Justice League. And then, you know, it's got the Flashpoint cartoon, which everybody loves, but I think is awful because the comic is so much better. It's got the Helena Slater Supergirl, Superman the movie, and then 1-2 and Quest for Peace, or 2-3 uh, and a Quest for Peace. Um, it's got the, the good Teen Titans cartoon and, mm-hmm. you know, Watchmen the series, Watchmen the show, or Watchmen the movie, and then Wonder Woman. And, I mean, there's some other stuff on there, but there's not a lot. And it's, like, touting as, like, they have all this DC stuff. Oh, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. But mm-hmm. there's so much more. Like, I don't understand. Like, why isn't Static Shock on here? Why isn't, you know, on on HBO Max? Why isn't, you know, um, all this cool-ass stuff on here that's, you know, uh, supposed that- to, that should be on there?
1: And is there any? And this is the thing where I'm talking about just poor communication. If there were, if there are some types of issues, like again, one of the things you mentioned to me is how the Fox movies have, you know, will initially not go on the plus, but right. Disney Plus before they go on HBO Max. I mean, it could. If be. there's something like that, you you need to communicate this stuff. Like, like because I don't think
0: Batman or or Superman animated series are on Amazon anymore, uh, as Prime. Um, They were, but I I don't know if they still Mm -hmm. are. Um, Static was never on there. Batman Beyond was never on there.
1: Nope. Yeah. So
0: it's like this is all stuff that they've just been sitting on. And great. Where is it? You know, why why can't we watch it? Um, Yeah. yeah, The Batman, which I I think is the most underrated Batman cartoon of all time. Um, Brave and the Bold. Where is it? The lego batman stuff where is it it's just yeah it's really weird the the things that they pick to put on there um you know superman versus the elite should 100 percent be on there and that was never on either one of them
1: oh no what, where did i watch that one at probably probably here at one my a... house <laughs> No, i watched that one a long time ago on a streaming service but i don't remember if i rented it or not yeah it's been a, it's been over a year so
0: okay that's a great one. That, that, that's yeah, one that, of my that favorites. That was really good. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I don't know. I think it's really weird that they, they did it like this. I think, you know, hanging their hat on Doom Patrol seems really weird. Mm, um, yeah. You know, and then the whole um, swamp thing being canceled before it even aired or after the first episode aired. <laughs> you know, it's like, what are you doing?
1: And now that's going, now they're, fi- they're, they're, um, that's playing on the CW now.
0: Yeah, well, they don't have anything to play. Oh, yeah, like, where's Stargirl on here, right? Like, Stargirl is doing un- unedited episodes on this the the DC Universe app, but, like, it, that makes more way more sense to have it on HBO Max.
1: Yeah. It's, again, it's... And then, again, we talked about this a few weeks ago, how some, some of the DC movies, like, was it Wonder Woman? Mm-hmm. A few of the DC movies are going to go off, and yeah. then they're, they're going to come back, though. It's... So. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, what I don't. I don't
0: get there. it. I don't. I don't understand it. I don't pretend to like get why they do what they do when they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, all right, that's that's something. Um, Man,
1: that, I just thought of the song when you said that. Oh. Why don't you do what you do when you did what you did? I always um,
0: I always quote Christopher Turk from that when he's like, "I do what I do when I do what I do." so, um anyway, scrubs, little scrubs uh call back there, all right, let's talk about movies, just in particular um so finding this article was much harder than you would think it was. <laughs> the title um and this is in the in the linked in the show notes, but it's from joe blow dot com um NATO chief believes movies should release in theaters despite the pandemic. Try searching so, Google, try Googling NATO and you get North American, like, you know, free trade stuff. <laughs> and it's like, um, no, um, so this is yeah, the national I'm... American theater organization, <laughs> like, you know, whatever. So
1: I am not going to lie. The first thing I thought when I saw NATO, I was like, what in the hell does yeah. NATO have to do with any? Yeah. So I, I admit, yeah,
0: <laughs> but it's also called the national theaters, theater Owners Association, so NTOA is what it should be. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, their chief, uh, chief president guy is a guy named John Fithian, which that's very fun to say. Fithian <laughs> <laughs> um, came out and he said, uh, he he actually said this, and this is going to play into some stuff we're gonna we're gonna talk about here in a minute as well. Uh, distributors should stick to their dates and release the movies because there's no guarantee that more markets will open up later this year. Until there's a vaccine that's widely available, there will not be a hundred percent a hundred percent mark of the markets open. Because of that, films should release in markets where it is safe and legal to release them, and that's about eighty-five percent of the markets in the US and even more globally. They should release their movies and deal with the new normal. Studios may not make the same amount of money that they did before, but if they don't start distributing films, there's going to be a big hole in their balance sheets. This is a forty-two 42- Billion dollar a year business Most businesses would take 85% Instead of zero which is what Will happen if they wait for all The movie markets to open up Um, I could not Agree more
1: 100%
0: with that Statement
1: absolutely
0: I don't Like here I we've been been Saying this for a little while now and I've been preaching For a couple years now to anybody who will Listen the movie business the The theater business is fundamentally Broken and they need to go and treat this like big video game releases.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember you, yeah, you were just talking about that recently. And it me? should
0: be like, yes, they should be in theaters for people who want to go to theaters and it should be available for purchase day and date for people who want to purchase it. None of this renting bullshit. Um, because I tell you right now, if I if the only way I can watch a movie is to rent it for 19.99, I'm waiting I'll until wait. it comes out. I'm waiting, and then I'm mm-hmm. not buying it for full price. I'm waiting for that price to drop again, just because you know I'm yep. not going to go pirate it. I'm 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 too old for that. Uh, you know, I'm too old for this shit to, <laughs> to go pirating <laughs> things. But you know, at, at the same time, like you have movies like Tenant that keeps getting pushed back, and now it's been pushed back indefinitely, and like the movie's so overhyped at this point. I have zero interest in seeing it. Zero. Where I was kind and of it, interested in it before.
1: Yeah, and and what did I tell you about Tenet? Like just we're just using that as an example as far as being overhyped. It could be a a great movie, but like the more I see the trailer, I'm not sure. I I do want to see it, but I will I will say the same thing that you just said. I like my, my interest is dying down for, yep. to see that movie. Right. Yeah, and, and yeah, I don't. And to go, yeah, to go into this whole thing, he's absolutely right. And one of the things you told, you talked about, you, you were telling me about, you know, the whole insurance business mm-hmm. with movies being written off. Look, it, it's going to be a long time before some people, even with a vaccine, are going to want to go to the theater. That's just, and some people aren't, just aren't going to go to the theater anymore. Yeah, you're never going to have that hunt. Like, well, I'm just going to use 100 percent for instance. Before all this started, you're never going to have that now for various reasons well
0: you know i think one thing to consider is, you know new york and la aren't open right yeah you know where movies make money the the most amount of money it's everywhere but new york and la it's the fact that people (laughs) in the middle of the country go when when you have people from pennsylvania to colorado nevada whatever going to see movies two and three times that's how your movie makes money. Not yes. because people in New York and LA. And yes, they, they are big, big cities, right? But
1: Yeah, but there's a lot of stuff to do in those cities. There's too. so
0: much other things to do. And the other thing is like LA is a definitely a movie town because that's where you know Hollywood is. But those people don't go see movies, they go to the premiere for free. Yeah. And, like, you know, like, like all the people I know out there who are involved in media in some way never, ever pay for movies because they go to screenings and they don't need to go back and see them. And, right. you know, if they do, they get to go to multiple screenings. And, you know, it, it's just one of those things where it's like, OK, I mean, it is what it is. But, like, come on, guys, like the coasts are are exceedingly less important in the new mm-hmm. normal of the world.
1: Yes. And and, you know, with the theater, like it's again, it's just there are a lot there are people like me that are waiting for the theaters to open it and, and not just have Same. the theaters open, Same. but to have yeah. a good movie to go see when they open.
0: Like I, I was going to go see that stupid Russell Crowe road rage movie because I want to go see a movie.
1: Yeah. And it got pushed back
0: <laughs> until God knows when
1: so yeah i went to was it last friday when i had the day off i went to you know florence you know which is mm-hmm. where the mo- big movie theater is yeah. uh and i'm driving past and I'm like for a split second i was like hmm i wonder what's playing because it, those are the times where i just randomly when i have a day off i'll just go go to the movie you know yeah. check something out hmm so So, but yeah, they're, they need to start releasing stuff and not trying to wait until every, the coast is clear. And that's what it seems like they're doing, but you're doing yourself a disservice because, you know, again, there's going to be all these movies. Like, and some of the bigger movies might be able to get away with it maybe, Mm -hmm. but, you know, with all these movies getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back, there's going to be less theater screen, less screens to see some of these smaller movies. Yep. So if anything, if I'm some of these smaller movies, like the, you know, the Russell Crowe, yeah. that shit out there, Yep. you know, people are going to go, people are going to go to the movies, yep. you know, not as many as you want. No, but people like me, people like you, we're going to go to the movies.
0: Yeah. I mean, so China, this goes into our next story. China's reopening theaters much, much faster. They reopened everything yeah. on, on July 20th. Um, Whereas in the U.S., it's currently estimated that about 1,500 of the 5,000 theaters are open, um, plus 300 drive-ins, which, you know, are what accounts for the weekend box office for things. Um, but no, I mean, China, China is open. But then the other thing that's going on here is um, China, cinemas can't book any, any movies with a runtime over two hours right now. Um, yeah. Their auditoriums must be under thirty percent capacity with meter distance between each moviegoer. Movie theaters will provide mask, gloves, sanitizers to all employees and attendees and of course a rigorous cleaning routine with at least two hour, uh, with at least two times disinfection a day for public areas such as the lobby, uh, theaters, washrooms, and hallways, um, and at least five times disinfecting the ticket machine each day, vending machines, public chairs, key areas. So you know, I mean, they're they're definitely like you know, and and first off China's a bullshit country full of bullshit stuff right now, but like they, they're, they're right here. They're opening this stuff. Now I think limited it to two hours is really silly. And like, um, I'm afraid that the, the, the U S filmmakers are going to be like, Oh, well let's just start pumping out everything to be 90 minutes long now. And we're just going to get a bunch of truncated shit that we have to buy the, uh, The director's cut to see the full To see the full non-China version Yeah
1: Um, Now I'll say this If if there's a way for you to keep me away from the movie Is doing some shit like that Yep Because I won't be going to see movies like that Yeah So yeah They need to just stop sitting on your hands And stop being so scared Mm -hmm. And just saying hey Like the guy said Like was it 50 (laughs) He said you know 85% is better than nothing Yeah Every time
0: Yep. Um okay, so real quick this just broke. Uh Bill and Ted Face the Music will go to theatrical and video on demand over labor, over over Labor Day weekend. So, ah, so it, you're going to get you're going to get so you can either go see it or you can, you know, rent it at home. Great. Yeah. Let Not me buy it at bad. home, don't let me rent it, but you know, it's going to be a rental because that's what they're doing right now. Um yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it, it's things like that, or the article you sent me a little bit before we started. Um, Mulan is off the calendar. It, it's like it's there's in it, it is lieutenant. It is um, TBD. Yeah, TBD indefinitely postponed. Um, which is weird. You know, Mulan should definitely come out uh is delayed they've delayed the star wars movies by the year uh by one year for the studios to adjust to the pandemic and i mean this is what 50 is talking about you're going to run into a spot where you have all these other movies because movies are guess what movies are going to start being made again and you're going to tell me you're going to push everything back um new mutants is supposed to come out on august 28th like you said the personal history of david copperfield goes from august 14th to august 28th in limited review uh limited release. Matthew Vaughn's The King's Man is September 18th now. You know, it's just um yeah, I just I don't know. It, it's just, you know, it's it's sad. It's it's just this yeah. is the one like, you know, you and I bonded over you know, yeah. m- movies. Like the we were we 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 met at work. And I made fun of your Buffy dolls And you made fun of my action, action figures. figures And um, <laughs> you know You had that Spawn statue that was really cool And they were like hey let's go see Iron Man Because you know we both like comic books And yep. uh, even though you don't like comic books anymore So but uh, Anyway um, But yeah so I mean to me this is sad Like I don't think do we even get to go to a, We didn't even go see our like big Like Friday let's take the day off and go have Go find a cool place to eat a burger and watch a movie
1: no, um, the last... What was the last one? Was it maybe Brightburn? Brightburn last no. year.
0: Brightburn yeah. was the last one we did. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, I really like that movie. I know it got torn apart, yeah. but I really like that
1: movie. I, I, I really like that movie, too. So, I really enjoy it.
0: Um, but, yeah, so, you know, it, it's just... There's all this stuff happening right now, and, and it's horrible, right? But... You know, if if you can distance people, and you know they keep talking about putting plexiglass up, and I really hope they don't do that because it's gonna don't put do like that. really weird glares and like yeah, just yeah, please don't do that. But um, anyway, so yeah, let's reopen the movie theaters so we can have
1: some fun stuff to do. Um, hashtag and... open theaters. <laughs> I would say yes. hashtag like I would do that, but I don't. I'm I don't. I'm not on that foul piece of garbage that is Twitter, so.
0: Yeah, I'm on less and less every day. So, um, anyway, all right. So, up next, we, uh, we got a chance to, um, a guy named Jeffrey Haas reached out to me, uh, with his comic. It's called Malik, Reigning Devil, number one. Um, number two's in the works. He actually sent me some of the pages. Number two, it looks really cool. Um, and this was a really interesting comic. And the subject matter is definitely up your alley more than mine. Yes, and it very was, much so. <laughs> it was just, uh, It was it was funny because he sent this to me right after our warrior nun coverage came out. Um, So, you know, it's in that vein as well. But it's a it's a story where the a new devil reigns in hell, betrayed by God. The fallen angel Malik is burning to get revenge. Um, You know, I I read way more indie books than you do um, just in general. And I, I really, really like the story um jeff jeffrey uh is the writer creator i I really liked this whole take on you know the person who kills the devil replaces the devil sort of a thing that that is is going on here and um you know this was a this was what palpatine was trying to get ray to do um (laughs) but then she did and he didn't take her over okay um it's so weird.
1: Anyway, yeah.
0: Anyway, uh, anyway, and then the, uh, the art is from Julian Manuel, um, Almaron, I think is how you say that. Colors are by Chris McCauley, editor and letter, letter, letterer is, letterer <laughs> is Phoebe A. Xavier, and covers by Edwin Rothomio, I guess is how you'd say that. Anyway, uh, Rothomio, um, i personally like as far as indie goes like this is this is definitely a, a cool style and it's a style all their own and i appreciated it i know you're kind of more used to the mainstream books so it you're not necessarily necessarily quite as used to um this look and feel
1: right and it's funny like i like how you you know one of the things i it really popped out with the coloring mm-hmm. of that i really like the color and from an artwork perspective yeah the art you know for me again i'm not a huge into indie comics i'm actually you know haven't been into like consistently in the comics for a while now so yeah. like it, it does take getting used to the artwork and and things like that however like the story itself and the premise of it i really 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 like. Yeah. liked and and so this and, is a
0: this is a continuation of um of a story that was in the Gunmetal Black Ops number one anthology about okay. Malik killing Lucifer. Um, I love Malik's design.
1: Yeah, and so one of the things, so th- so that was one actually one of the issues I one of the only issues I had with the story itself was just how quickly he killed Lucifer, like in one page, and. I thought that that could have been there could have been something better there as far as yeah drawing out that conflict instead of just being like boom. So but you're saying that, that this is like a continuation from something. Yeah, so, else. so like d- there was a
0: essentially it's like a short story that they they did uh okay. the, the first part of it in and then, you know, here we go. Um with the with the second part. But okay. Yeah, so but yeah I I understand what you're saying and and how it can be a little weird to kind of step into something that the world already exists um, without a lot of build up but what a lot of these what a lot of these indie writers do which I've always appreciated is they they kick the story right off they don't worry about world building right away they just Mm -hmm. get you they get they, they get you with that hook and then around issue like four five whatever the second arc they'll go back and do like the origin story which I think is a okay, really cool way to do it.
1: Um, actually, I actually in that in that type of I would I actually don't mind that. Then, yeah, you know, again, that's like just my inexperience with with the medium of indie comics. So. I know, noob. I actually do like I actually I, I like when TV shows do that. Yep, when same. I I I really do because it's different. So. You know that that does change things a little bit for mm-hmm. me. One of the things I, I couldn't help but think about, you know, with the idea of you kill the devil, you become the devil. It reminded me of Chronicles of Riddick. Mm-hmm. You keep what you kill.
0: Yep, exactly. And and you so know he I, does kind of have that same look, right? Um, mm-hmm. as the uh, Carl Urban's character as the necromonger there. Yeah. Uh I do like that when he he takes over, and everything, and then, uh, the angel Gabriel comes to him. And then they're like, yeah, well, we've got a uh, Masset, Masset, um, who's going to come and take hell from you now. And we've created, yeah. like, Malik, you were made to kill Lucifer, and now we've made someone to come kill you. Um, And I do like how they keep leaving out the part that they, that you lose your wings when you go to hell and then heaven is yeah. shut off to you. It's like, hmm, would you take that deal if you were, um, you know, a – uh?" An angel. Seraphim. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh so yeah, but I like I like the flaming swords. Um yeah. I like it when when he finally like pulls all of hell together. But I think the really cool part, and being that Paradise Lost is one of my favorite books of all time. Um it like I loved it in high school and I've reread it a few times, is he goes through all nine circles of hell trying to consolidate power, which apparently yeah. no one's ever tried before.
1: Yeah i just found
0: that like that was like that was just a really like stroke of of coolness yeah. for me
1: and, and and it's funny it's i it's it's very funny that you know as he stays in here he becomes more of his the mantle of mm-hmm. the, devil. the devil and you know the whole the whole philosophical you know beware that in fighting monsters you don't mm-hmm. become one yep he's becoming one and he's actually embracing it just because of his you know, his heart on for vengeance.
0: Yeah, so. I mean, he has to embrace it, too, because they send an assassin after him who is more powerful than him. Um, but, yeah, it was it was just really, you know, like there's a line he goes, I uh, my wings burned so I can enter hell. I killed one of our brothers at God's command so I could walk amongst the damned. And then yeah. Gabriel replies, "And the Lord thanks you for your service. Now you must yeah. really calm down. <laughs> Hell's not been kind to your demeanor." It's like, oh my God, you're an <laughs> asshole! Like, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of like the angels on Supernatural, which oh, like, absolutely, Dean always calls right. Them, yeah, they so, always call them dicks. Yeah. yeah, this is a this is this concept is one of those I I would love something like this to be made into like some type of. Um, you know just a mini series yeah TV just just little animated something. thing i, I like, mean, yeah like cause... animated
0: like this spawn animated series where it's oh, that know, would adult be awesome. like I think this yeah. would be great for that um, I also think like the Catholic League would be really upset with this and the the um that group about like the the parents groups who hate everything that oh. comes out um yeah, so yeah, but no, you're absolutely right like uh an eight episode like finish the story eight episode thing let's get like Malik's you know sitting in heaven eat an apple playing a harp you know before he gets chosen <laughs> um or like get a training montage of him like training to beat the devil like rocky style training
1: mon- yeah training montages are always yeah. so they, they could I, go I to russia
0: montages. and he can run up the the, the mountain <laughs> the, and, the, the
1: russian steps <laughs> yeah
0: he could do the mountain and then he could do uh you know the moving the rocks and putting Adrian in the in the rickshaw and or the go uh, whatever the wheelbarrow and picking her up and yeah that would be that would be epic I'm in for that yeah anyway (laughs) so no it's just a really good comic um oh what was I I just had the I have the link hold on um I gotta go to my notes um but yeah no it's really good and it is uh oh I did not put the link in okay i'll put the link in the show notes of where you can find it but it, it's really really good and it's well worth checking out and um i know jeff has a bunch of other books and things that he uh he he's got out and everything and, and it's well we're checking out and I'll, I'll link to all of that stuff in the in the show notes cool sounds good all right are you ready I'm ready for the smackdown of all smackdowns.
1: That's that's kind of like overselling, right? right? Don't you think? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. you you're, you're uh, it sounds like you're um channeling your inner tenant right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just that my 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 actor is is better than your actor,
1: so okay, could be. Well, you picked a movie star. Uh technically, but he's been in several tv shows as he well. has
0: i picked an actual actor who's a character actor so um my actor is billy crudup um who i is one of my favorites i love him um mm. but yeah all right so you're you're christopher james pratt um or christopher Chris pratt, T- yep. christopher tiberius pratt um <laughs> <laughs> what uh what what movies did you did you pick for him and
1: pick, actually, pick the great. Is hey, you broke up there. Role. Start over. Okay, that's what I thought. That's why I stopped. Yeah. Uh, so I picked,
0: so, so you know, just tell, talk about the roles first instead of what's in the good, the great, like the not so great. Oh, so it's just his, yeah. So yeah, pick the roles, roles, pick inch. the roles that you pick. So, like, I did four because I have two okay, under so. the great, but yeah. So, okay, let's, let's, hold on, let's reset. OK, so in, in this segment, we talk about roles they picked in and we pick a role where they were good, one where they were great and a role that they probably should try to ab- avoid in the future. Like maybe they just weren't right for that role. Um, So my roles for Billy Crudup are Almost Famous, Without Limits, Watchmen and Mission Impossible 3. And I'll let you guys figure out which ones um, is which before I get that. So which ones did you pick for Chris Pratt?
1: Oh, excuse me, so with Chris Pratt, it's Andy Dwyer in Parks and Rec, Peter Quill in Guardians Volume One, and Josh Faraday in The Magnificent Seven.
0: Cool, okay, why don't you start with your good?
1: So, the good is Andy, at, and him is Andy Dwyer in Parks and Rec now. Even before he was in Parks and Rec, you know he he had a major role in that show Everwood. Mm-hmm. He, um, you know, he. Oh jeez, I'm sorry. I had like hope you you probably can't hear that. Just sirens everywhere. They're coming
0: here. for you. Hurry up and finish. I didn't do it.
1: I didn't do it. It was the cat all along. Uh, so you know he had um you know his he had a long standing role as Bright Abbott mm-hmm. in Everwood guest starring role in the OC mm-hmm. and you know he, he was here and there but Parks and Rec was his like for a tv show from a television show perspective that was his coming out party right one of the things that stood out with this role is that you know he wasn't that you know he wasn't in the top two or three billing no you know this was a powerful oh yeah powerful like ensemble cast but he still even though he wasn't always given a lot to do as far as the main storyline goes, he made the most he, of it. You know, it. yeah, he made the most of it, and it was kind of that, um, that test run in a way. You know, building up his comedic timing, mm-hmm. and also working with ensemble crews when he's actually you know the head. Oh yeah, you know the head cheese. So I thought that you know the Parks and Rec first. I love the show, and then I just thought that was a perfect you know stepping because that was around two thousand nine, I think, when mm-hmm. he started it. And you know, to, and that's when you know he, you know, during that he got into Guardians, and this, you know, he's taken off since then.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't put Wanted
1: on here as one of his movies. <laughs> that's still every time I watch that movie and I see see him in there.
0: I always get surprised that he's in there, and I don't know why. Um, like I remember it, but yeah, no, that's cool. Um, I liked him in Moneyball. That was the first like real like I almost movie put that I on there. Him yes. In um i thought he was really good in that scott had yep and uh and yeah i mean obviously like you know i um the one with um what was it with vince vaughn uh delivery man where vince vaughn had all the 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 kids from all the the semen donations and stuff um yeah and and he's really funny in that playing a dad it's a totally different type of role for him um I, I joked when you told me it was Chris Pratt that you were going to put passengers as his as one of these on here and, and you didn't and I did I was, not I although was really
1: surprised. and I'll and I'll explain a down the road why I did not um, later on so.
0: okay so your good is is Parks and Rec which is is mm-hmm. a good one okay so for me for Billy Crudup um I told you I have Almost Famous without Limits Watchmen and then Mission Impossible three so my good the good is Watchmen um I really liked him in this role. Uh, I thought, you know, even though for most of it, he was a monotone, monochromatic, godlike figure with his junk out, uh, <laughs> his deadpan delivery sold the aloofness that had to be in Dr. Manhattan that I think was probably much harder to do than you would think. Um 100% to, agree. to not yes. have emotion get into it. And then when he does have those few scenes where he does have to have emotion as Dr. Manhattan, it was great. But then seeing the flashbacks, seeing him as John, um, I thought were equally as interesting. And it was kind of like, oh, man, I really l- like to see more of that. Um, but, yeah, I thought he was really good. And, like, I don't think he was the best part of that movie. Um, I think Jackie Earl Haley stole it as my least favorite Watchmen character with um, with yeah. uh, Rorschach. And I really like Matthew Goode's Ozymandias. Um, but I I think like as far as the good goes in in the in this particular exercise, I I don't know. I think Watchmen was was right there for him. Um, yeah,
1: and I agree. Yeah, I, I was gonna say that. Yeah, you know, some people act monotone just because their talent level is not up to par, but to actually set out to do that because of your character and do it in a way that's believable and yet. And it, again, one of the examples you're talking about emotion is, you know, on the TV show when he's confronted by all of this stuff about, you know, you gave me cancer and this and mm-hmm. that. And just how that he's like the emotions that are coming out from him are are alien mm-hmm. in the sense of he doesn't know how to deal with it. So that, I, I I agree with that. That's that was actually a, good, a very good role for him yeah. and a very good performance. So.
0: All right. Uh, before you get to the the great, let's uh, where where what? Tell us about Chris Pratt. Like, where is he from? Where did he Where did he come from? Because he just kind of like he was an overnight sensation for ten years, right? He just kind of burst on the scene. Right. But like, I still don't like know where he's from or or any of that stuff. Did you bother looking any of that up?
1: Yeah, I actually you know had some of this up. Like, so <laughs> it, it's just it's kind of funny because well, one I will say like that whole Everwood thing. I never really watched Everwood, um, so that was like one of his his. When I say breakout, I don't. I, that's a wrong word. His his first time being in a, you know, consistent role was in there. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's. So that was what Everwood was, was in two thousand two or something along those lines. Um, but yeah, you know, he's b- born in Virginia, Minnesota, which weird, interest interesting. Well, I, yeah, <laughs> it's very interesting. Uh, who? Uh, his mother was a, worked at a supermarket, and his dad was a remodeled homes. Um, cool. He's got a little bit of Norwegian, French, Canadian, English, German, Swiss. Uh, he grew up in he did grow up in Washington State though. So, okay. Um, but yeah, he's he's one of those guys that, like you said, he's he's been around for a while, but kind of played it under radar for, except for the last you know ten years or so. Yeah. Uh, like one one of his first ro- his first credited role, I should say, although that's not always. He was in the Huntress TV show.
0: Yeah with a netto tool
1: (laughs) that's funny um but yeah so you know stuff like passive destruction strangers with candy Mm. but yeah that 2002 everwood was when you know he's kind of made a name and i do remember the show and i'm not going to say i didn't watch it like emily van camp was in that i believe
0: yeah and uh gregory smith who's who's really Mm. good who does a lot of directing now
1: so oh really yeah but he i do i did remember him in he played shay uh in the oc in season, in the last in season 4 where he was <laughs> he, he was kind of he was a stoner character okay that just looked like he just you know woke up every day like mm. not just like every <laughs> like throughout the day so like he was just a shifty dude and it ended up being he was like the son of a senator or something along those lines <laughs> that's funny which really which funny. was pretty funny. All right, but um, yeah. So you want me to get to the? So wait, rate? he was.
0: So he was married to Anna. Um, what's her name? Oh, what's um,
1: the, that's, I'm seeing her face right now.
0: Ferris, and yeah. now he's married to Catherine Catherine Schwarzenegger. What's the Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Get to the chopper Wait, no, that's not. Yeah. yeah, that was. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it's interesting. So. Yeah, he's a he's 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 a very so I don't know I think he's really interesting because he's like openly Christian in Hollywood, which you know, which is a normally yeah. leads to cancel culture. Um, you know he he did um Zero Dark Thirty, which was really good. Um, although it was kind of a tale of two movies because they killed Osama bin Laden halfway through. He's done a ton of comedy, um, but yeah, he's he's a. You know, I was joking when I said he's a movie star. But, I mean, no, he's actually, like, a very interesting actor. I think the problem with him now is he just plays Chris Pratt.
1: Yeah. And that's actually where he becomes the great for me mm-hmm. in Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And, and I specifically, talking about Guardians of Volume, Peter Quill in Volume 1. You know, I Volume 2 was okay, but he he had the most to work with in Volume 1 even though his father in volume two came out the, the pain and what drove him from in, in the first movie about his mother and what he didn't do as a child while she died that on top of some of the stuff, him cutting his teeth in like parks and rec, you know, the comedic timing, like, cause basically Andy Dwyer was a man child. And <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the same thing. Peter Quill is, but Peter Quill also has that dual role of being a badass space pirate, basically. Mm-hmm. So he has that that you know that swashbuckling role. So I I think Parks and Rec helped groom him to be that you know the Peter Quill. And what I love about you know this movie is that you know yeah he's a silly guy, but he's doing it because of his insecurities and because of his fears and because of his shame for what he did you know not taking his mother's hand and. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have a lot, like, and one of my, the scenes, one of my favorite MCU scenes is, and it still gives me goosebumps every time I see it, is at the end of Guardians, when he grabs the Power Stone, and he sees his mother, and he says, and she says, take my hand, and just the look on his face, and just, like, when he says, mom, I mean, that's like Chris Pratt right there, just being able to channel that emotional pain yeah, of his character, and and that's why I think, you know, Marvel does a great, such a great job getting the right actors for mm-hmm. these characters absolutely i mean they just amazing and this is like again we still have guardians 3 to come out whenever but in is
0: 47
1: <laughs> but this for me is like this is his seminal role as at this moment absolutely you know, who, who absolutely. knows what's going to come for chris pratt you know down in the future he still has the jurassic world Mm-hmm. Owen Gray or whatever but yep. I thought he was good in but yeah. it, It's not enough to make an I- impact On this list we're, what we're doing now yeah. But Guardians 1 Specifically Guardians 1 that's his great Role for me
0: so the best thing about Guardians 1 actually goes back to Parks and Rec um, When he shows back up You know and he's all skinny And yeah. uh, he's like I lost fifty pounds. I just stopped drinking beer. yeah <laughs> and it was like and and Rob Lowe's like, what? but, um, they also never accentuated the fact that he was totally ripped they had him wearing like the most Andy thing ever, right? Andy he Dwyer, just wore yeah. Andy's clothes. He never bought new <laughs> clothes that fit him. He was just wearing the clothes that were three four sizes too big um. But yeah no that's that's a good one that was that's you know i agree with you 100 it's that's the role that that made him and uh and yeah so all right so uh, i had to do two for the great for mine okay um so i did almost famous uh from the year 2000 the uh, uh the cameron crow movie and then without limits which was uh produced by it was actually the first movie by cruise and wagner um that that they made so in almost famous he plays um the stillwater guitarist russell hammond who he's just this rock star who's struggling like with who he is as an artist who he is as a man um and he decides to take um this young kid william miller who's a writer who 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 conned his way into being a writer for rolling stone because he was such a good writer and it was 70s and they didn't meet anybody um and he takes william under his wing and you know takes him on the road is teaching them the ropes um, and the entire time, like Billy is super likable and like so charming and like you're rooting for Russell the whole time. Like even when he, you know, and I, I put here, even when he figuratively stabs William in the heart, um, but he makes it right. Like that's the beauty of it. And, and the thing is, is, is he's super earnest and he's super down to earth. And there's a scene it's in the preview of the movie where he's on top of this roof and he just yells out, I'm a golden God. Cause he's, Baked. to his just out of his mind, and um, and yeah, it's like it's just such a great, great role, and and it's always been to me one of the roles that I judge him against for everything else that he does.
1: So I can't give you much on that. Uh, I've only seen Almost Famous bits and bits and pieces. Oh, dude, you're missing
0: out. It's Cameron. It's my favorite Cameron Crowe movie.
1: Right. And I uh, honestly like without limits i think i've well i haven't i haven't talked that. yeah i'll talk
0: it out without limits in a sec
1: okay um, but but yeah yeah so uh
0: the but, interesting thing sorry is um the movie is a pseudo autobiographical about cameron crow when he was 17 or whatever and got a job writing for rolling stone and i forget who he went on tour with but yeah it's um it's really really interesting so uh and i don't mean i interrupted so
1: Oh no, it's fine. You had a lot more to say than me. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, uh, so my second one is without limits under the great. Um, and, and part of this is bias. Um, so he plays American d- distance runner Steve Prefontaine, who was legitimately my hero when I was a kid. Um, he died in the the early seventies before we were born, but he was a distance runner, and I was a runner. Um, and you know he just. Billy just captures the essence of Steve so well and really does a great cake, great job showcasing the best and worst sides of Steve. Um, he was super competitive. He was always like, he was more clever than he should have been. And you know, he had, he had his own demons and things. Um, but I think what really puts this in the great is for me is, um, they show the scenes of the 1972 Olympics in Munich when, um, the the Israeli uh, Olympic team was kidnapped and murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, And Steve Prefontaine is a descendant of German Jews and he was raised in a German speaking house. And so he was very close to the Israeli athletes. Um, oh, wow. And so the, like the pain that Steve felt like Billy does an amazing job showing it and Steve put it into everything that he had i mean he finished he ended up finishing fourth he was like 21 years old 22 years old uh finished fourth in the 5000 meters um against you know the f- three best runners in the world and the only reason he got fourth is because they boxed him in and they wouldn't let him run his race because they knew they couldn't beat him um but yeah i just think like when when you want to watch an like you know th- these biopics biopics whatever you want to call them um, sometimes it's like, oh, look at this guy playing this guy, and there was um, <laughs> there was another one called Prefontaine where uh, Jared, Leto, Jared Leto attempted yeah. to play Steve Pr- Prefontaine and, and failed miserably. Um, that whole time you're like and watching, like, get out of here, Jared Leto. Um, but here, like, you know, like he he really captured like what it was, and and it it's very rare that you see. A character actor like him Take the lead role And really make Like just kind of fade into it um, Cause I mean even in Almost Famous I mean he's not the top billed actor He's the you know Patrick Fugit is the top billed actor, actor there Um And then Kate Hudson is probably number two And then, then Russell would probably be The third like he was probably third on that Call sheet but like Every scene he's in with Jason Lee it, It's a battle for who is stealing That scene so anyways yeah yeah. Uh, i didn't
1: realize you know because i'm not into in, you know i know the name prefont steve prefontaine but i didn't realize he he was only like 24 when he died yeah or he, he
0: he was uh he died in a car accident um he, he ran off the road um unfortunately he had a little bit to drink and was driving and um another car came into his lane as the story goes and you know you can go i mean it's a very famous site um, in Eugene where he wrapped his car around a tree. Uh, ah. but like he was, he, you know, like the, the, the 72 Olympics like destroyed him, um, on a personal level and he was making mm-hmm. a comeback. And, you know, uh, I think knowing what I knew about him, like really formed how I competed. Um, mm-hmm. and so when this movie came out in 1998, while we were in college, um, It was right after you know i was right after my first knee surgery and i was very you know um just protective of it and and i enjoy it Mm -hmm. so i i had the vhs i had the dvd i had the blu-ray i have a digital so (laughs) (laughs) you have it on everything i do i do actually i was actually watching i was watching it while i was writing show notes
1: um but yeah. no, to be to be honest, you know, going a little bit away from this. But when you said, "Hey, this," I'm it's on my list because it's biased. That's what movies are about, though. Yeah. You know, certain movies that you know, hey, if I look at it objectively, this movie or that movie might be better. But this movie really affected me on an emotional level, whether it just be because I could relate to it, the search situations, circumstances, or the characters. Doesn't matter what it is. There's something about certain movies that you know they stick with you and yeah. that's why and again we're you know we were talking about opening the movies you know in the time like this i think more than ever you need we need these distractions yep. you know you know to to you know raise ourselves up at, in some cases from you know the doldrums of being you know trapped at, like not trapped at home but mm-hmm. you know i'm using i'm going a little bit overboard with that but yeah and that's that's also fine man yeah. just
0: i mean every I, single movie on my list i saw in the theater i mean you and i went and we did the before the advanced ticket seat sales were a thing where yeah. you pick your seat and they had right. that food in the theaters like we saw that and like i think i told you when we left Watchmen for that i'm like man i'm really glad we picked those seats because like it was cool that people could bring us stuff so we didn't have to get up because it was so long yeah so, all right. So you're the, maybe this isn't the right role for him.
1: So you mentioned passengers.
0: Yeah. So it's obviously passengers.
1: And, no. And I actually, and this is, this is a funny reason why I didn't pick passengers. I Nan this, there's a YouTuber named Nando V the movies or something along those lines. And what he does is he'll change something here or there in a movie to like, say to try to make it better. And he did that with passengers, and I wish I before we did that, so I would wish I'd rewatch it because it's been over like mm-hmm. a couple of years since I've watched this. But passengers was kind of like a it it, had, it was one of those movies again that just lost like had all this potential and they it just didn't hit it, which is why this is a good segue because Magnificent mm-hmm. Seven did the same thing. Yeah, Magnificent, Magnificent seven, seven wasn't good. <laughs> has a great cast. It has Denzel. It has Chris Pratt. It has, uh, you know, Ethan Hawke. Um, uh, it's a great cast, but the movie itself, when you when you compare it to the original Magnificent Seven, the you'll version from mm-hmm. nineteen sixty, or going back to the Kira, Kurosawa, the original material, which is the Seven Samurai right. from nineteen fifty four, it's just lacking. And Chris Pratt, you would think that you know, with him being you know knocking it out of the park with a swashbuckler type role as you know Peter Quill he would have you know he would have been a- able to you know channel that same type of you know his you know that inner role yeah but with as Faraday, he's just he doesn't come across as someone you know in the Wild West.
0: I felt like, like he was too much of a cross between Char- Star Lord and Owen Gray um yeah and and not enough of like you said the cowboy from the old west I also think the problem with this movie is Denzel was just Denzel um Chris Pratt was really just Chris Pratt and Ethan Hawk was really just Ethan Hawk and then Vincent D'Onofrio like looked like he was missing the set of Daredevil the whole time so (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah. and and it's a disappointment because I remember seeing the previews for this movie and seeing who was in it and knowing the original story, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm a, he, I'm, I'm a huge Western guy, you know, you know, back, I, I'm the one that used to watch all the Clint Eastwood movies when I was younger. Um, you know, this full of toddlers, hang them high, good, the bad and the ugly, yeah. you know, all those spaghetti Westerns, the Mule. uh, yeah, so <laughs> Yeah. Uh, or, or the wild bunch yep. stuff like that. Like oh, yeah. I was, I'm a huge fan of Westerns. So anytime, you know, Tombstone mm-hmm. back, you know, that's a little bit earlier uh, in the nineties, but i unforgiven. I love Westerns. Uh, Bone Tomahawk was is one yeah. I really like, uh, but this one was just short in every aspect. And, you know, even if Chris Pratt would have done a better job, it would, the movie would have lacked, but he kind of fell into that same thing. Like you were saying, like, he did not channel his inner basically inner cowboy it it was more of chris pratt Mm -hmm. and that's where you know the movie as a whole fell for me and his participation in it fell and i just i don't know if you know being in a western is quite the thing for him although he's going to be in a new like he's cast to be in that uh what is it called um it's like cowboy, alien, ninja, or something like that. Oh yeah,
0: I think that's exactly what it's called—cowboy, ninja, <laughs> alien. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, I mean, again, I don't know if that's going to be. I mean, that's it's still on the list, but there's you know stuff ahead of that. But I yeah. just, I don't know if that's kind of like the genre for him. I don't know. To be to be honest, so yeah. yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but yeah, cool. All
0: right, so my last one is the maybe this wasn't the right role for you was uh, Mission Impossible three, um, where he played uh a, the bad guy the in the movie the he was the bad CIA agent essentially right um and hold on I forgot his name and I didn't write it down
1: <laughs> where he played John Musgrave he was at, Musgrave I was about to say he um, he was that forgettable
0: uh you no know, he wasn't forgettable but like the thing was is like the minute he came on screen you're like oh he's the bad guy and it had nothing to do with him but like he's such a likable actor and like when he's going through and being this like this smarmy like just the uh, character um and and you know Mission Impossible 3 came off the heels of Mission Impossible 2 which is one of the worst movies which is the worst movie in the franchise Like Absolutely, by, by, Absolutely. All, by all measure after Mission Impossible 3 the You know Universal Paramount whoever does it Should have told Tom Cruise to go fuck himself And like we're not making any more of these Like if this is what you're going to put out Like and of course this is the J.J. J. Abrams one Um You Your know boy. Anyway it Even had Grumberg in it man Um <laughs> I mean come on Are you kidding me? Uh, Grunberg. I think you want to fight Grunberg. I don't want to fight Grunberg. I would be perfectly nice and cordial to him, but I just – tired of him showing up in things i like and just being greg grumberg in them um i'm going to pick greg grumberg from one of my actors these days it's just going to be everything it's like <laughs> yeah, maybe, <anything>. everything's <laughs> in. to maybe this wasn't the right role for you except for felicity he was fine in felicity yeah he um, was good in felicity but anyway but like at no point in the movie did like you not see his heel turn coming and it was really just kind of a waste of a role for him and you know i i think i think it also had to do with the fact that he and Tom Cruise had like zero chemistry when we thought they were supposed to be friends. Um, and I don't think that's a fault to either one of the actors. I think it was just the piss poor writing and you know, it's just like, dude, just, I I get it. You did this one for money. Like, or I hope he did it for money. I hope he didn't like read that script and be like, man, this is badass, Um, you know? and, And so, yeah, I mean, and everybody has those and you know, again, it just wasn't the right role for him. He wasn't bad in it. It just,
1: it didn't yeah work. it's it's funny, uh just going real quick back to Mission Impossible 2. I remember I was showing one of my this was several years ago. I was like, oh, you should watch the Mission Impossible series and we'll start with one and two or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, two is so good and, and I, granted, I hadn't seen it in like ten years <laughs> and we were watching it and I'm like, oh my God, this movie is not good <laughs> it was it it was a struggle to get through that movie, right. And I did, I did like some of the, some of the ideas from MI3, but to your point, yeah, it, spoiler alert for Fallout, Mission Impossible Fallout, it wasn't like Henry Cavill, um, his role in in Mission Impossible Fallout, like, it was similar role in the sense of what was going on with the character, Mm -hmm. but the writing for Fallout was so much, it was far superior the writing and directing of fallout was far superior to mission impossible three mm-hmm. so and again like you say it's, it's not that, that he necessarily did a terrible job in you know in three it's just that the circumstances around it like just kind of like what i was saying with chris pratt although you know i think it, like i think crudup is a better like overall actor than chris pratt um so he has he has a little bit more range um but it, they're in a similar circumstances where you know the vehicle itself did not do them any favors
0: yeah and i mean like mission impossible 2 was in 2000 mission impossible 3 was in 2006 and then um what rogue nation was the the next one was in like
1: ghost protocol ghost protocol was it Ghost was...
0: po- ghost protocol have yeah. there been three new ones
1: yeah, Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, Fallout. Like, Rogue uh, Ghost Protocol was in 11, 2011, Rogue yeah. Nation, I think, 2015. Mm-hmm.
0: 2011, and 2015, and 2019, year. or 2018, yeah. sorry. Um, yeah, so it's just, like, by all means, this should have killed this franchise, and it wasn't his fault. But, yeah. um, it just wasn't the right role for him, anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is what it is, and but, yeah.
1: <laughs> and that sometimes happens, so it isn't... You know, sometimes the circumstance that happens, sometimes, this you know, like you said, sometimes a guy will mail it in for a paycheck like mm. Bruce Willis seems to do half the time now. But, yeah. Um, yep. Talk about a guy playing himself. like <laughs> Bruce Willis, I was like, wow. Anyway, <laughs> although I do love him in the red movies the
0: two of them that were oh i i didn't see the second one but the first one has that awesome scene where he does the skid in the car and he like comes out as the car is like skidding around him and he just starts <laughs> shooting at carl urban um yeah but i'll tell you this if carl urban's in a movie you've got a 80 percent chance it's going to be really good because that guy just knows how to pick good stuff to be involved in
1: yeah so. i really like carl urban me too huge, huge. so
0: I'm I'm really excited for the boys to come back in August.
1: Oh, I can't wait. So Or is that September? September. September, because we yeah. were talking about September fourth, yeah. I think. Yeah. Isn't it something September like that? September
0: the fourth. Anyway. Ugh. Um huh, interesting. Um Okay, this just broke. or broke today. Uh Amazon. Did you ever read the the graphic novel Paper Girls by Brian K. Vaughn?
1: I actually, was reading it. Uh, I read like the first four or five issues.
0: Okay, so it's kind. Of, if you guys don't know, it's kind of like Stranger Things, but girls on a paper route. Um, and uh, it looks like Amazon has picked up the adaptation to take it to series. Interesting. <laughs> the first fifteen issues were really good, and then mm-hmm. it got really, really strange. And yeah, but um, if you guys don't know, Brian K. Vaughn is the guy who does Saga, Why the Last Man ex machina he's like he did a really interesting like canadian movie uh canadian movie canadian cart uh comic book called we stand on guard um where it was like a post-apocalyptic canada and like it was really quite interesting but yeah there's
1: so many jokes for that
0: it's so many yeah um (laughs) but yeah i don't know so i'm kind of excited to see what happens here with the um Comic Con at home stuff, and and see to see what, see what comes out of this. Um, these this next few days.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I am. Like I said, I watched the uh, New Mutants trailer, and I am really, ex- you know, cautiously excited for this movie. I, mm-hmm. I you know, because I, 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 I've been looking forward to it for what six years now. <laughs> it seems like um
0: that's just in 2020
1: <laughs> yeah
0: six years
1: <laughs> so yeah i i'm i'm curious to see some of the stuff that's going on you know this week and for comic-con yeah see some of the stuff we're gonna get out of it
0: yeah it should be it should be interesting um and you know at least they're still finding the time to to release stuff and and share some news so
1: um yeah. yeah, they had the like so the panel. It was cool. It was pretty cool. They I didn't watch. I just watched the the trailer part of New Mutants. But they had the entire cast, you know, in the in the Zoom call mm-hmm. talking about it. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Huh. So hopefully it sticks to that August twenty eighth date.
0: I don't know. I've been having fun following just kind of we're done. Um, <laughs> following the uh, <laughs> the Johnny Depp Amber Heard stuff. <laughs> Have you been following any of that?
1: Oh, I, yeah a little bit of it it's yeah, just it's... like
0: like all of the he said she said but then like you look at her and you look at Johnny Depp and like alright he, she could kick the crap out of him with like just one hand tied behind her back he's so emaciated and little Um, but like just the weirdness that's come out of it like pooping on someone's bed who does that
1: that's something a cat would do that's I, I'm actually sure, something a cat I'm sure that's Cooper something cat yeah, yeah. Oh, no done that no uh, like a uh, cat did that with my ex years ago ah. is because he was like, dude, this is my territory, mm. and he <laughs> pooped on her bed, I was like, oh, uh, this funny. is a thing at uh, twice by the way, yeah, so, um, and he kind of warmed up to me. he's like, okay, you're fine, I guess, yeah, I don't know
0: I watched the uh this series um trailer for Utopia. The one with uh John Cusack and Kaz um from the from the Expanse. Um Cass Amber. Yeah, Cass Amber. Um it looks interesting. It's an eight episode conspiracy thriller type thing. I don't know. Um I was excited because Kaz was on the um the live stream, so you know Nice.
1: So hopefully yeah. some this shit blows over. Yeah,
0: hopefully without. all of that is uh has gone um yeah. under in a way. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's 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 very, very interesting. Oh, The Boys was a renewed for season three already.
1: That is just beautiful news.
0: The Boys renewed Aisha Tyler to host an after show. We don't need an after show for everything. Why
1: do they think everything needs an after show?
0: And why do they think Aisha Tyler needs to
1: do it? I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Aisha Tyler. I mean, but... I do
0: too, but like.
1: But it, it's not necessary. It's It's not necessary. We don't need it. And it's it's a streaming. So did you hear what they're gonna do with the boys? I think they're gonna um, do it weekly. Um, they're gonna release the first three episodes, and then after that, it's supposed to be weekly. I don't know that. if that was, I don't know if that was confirmed. Cool. 100%, that, that'll but. give us
0: that'll give us seven uh, what, five weeks to talk about stuff.
1: Yeah. I actually, <laughs> I personally actually like having. Uh, like doing that, just release the first two or three episodes, and then just do it weekly with the regular other shows. Yeah, I
0: mean, I like it because I get to watch every episode like two or three times. So
1: yeah, right. But
0: yeah, I I don't know. Um, oh, you know, so we we had talked about um Old Guard last week, and I I continued my Charlize mini marathon and watched um Mad Max. I watched uh The Long Shot, and then I watched uh, Fate of the Furious. And I totally forgot that the guy, uh, Laz Alonzo who plays mother's milk was the dude in the, who played mother's milk in the boys was the dude yeah. on Cuba who, who like tried yes. to wreck I, his car. And it's like, when you said, when you,
1: yeah, when you talk, when you, right. When you started talking about that, it just popped in my head. I completely forgot about that. I never, again cause I haven't seen it since I started watching the boys. Right. But yeah. It was just, hilarious. it
0: was, it was really, really funny. Um, but uh but yeah so i don't know i'm excited for the boys um umbrella academy coming out next week uh yeah. is is really really good um and and awesome to 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 know
1: yeah that trailer for season two looks bonkers yeah
0: Um can't
1: wait but yeah
0: anyway all right well cool man anything else you want to add
1: no nothing much uh there's nothing going up oh. If you haven't if you have a PS4, I, I would suggest getting Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima. Oh yeah, Ghost. I gotta
0: I gotta download that one because I already own the other two games. <sighs> oh man. I hate it when that Ghost. happens. Um oh uh Nickelodeon's got a Star Trek series coming. Um it doesn't say if it's animated or not. Uh but it's gonna be called Star Trek Prodigy. Uh, Okay, debuting in 2021, follows a group of lawless teens who discover a derelict Starfleet ship and use it to search for adventure and meaning meaning and salvation.
1: Oh, God, I threw up in my mouth. (laughs) Okay, okay, this is the thing about that. Like, even with Lower Decks, like, I don't want – Star Trek (laughs) – I don't like, and again, who knows about the whole Nickelodeon show i I don't know, but what I'm going at is just the Nickelodeon shows that I know mm-hmm. just leave Star Trek to be a more serious vehicle with humor in it, not like humor with snippets of serious and mm-hmm. adventure and stuff just please don't do this people yep. don't do yep. this
0: i I agree a hundred percent, so.
1: Uh, I swear, people.
0: Yep. All right, cool. On that note, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, make sure you like, share. Uh, Five star reviews would be outstanding. Um, show Daryl that love that he so so desperately craves.
1: I have my Baby Yoda bobblehead. I'm looking at right now, oh, looking into gosh. those soulful eyes.
0: Oh, funny story. <laughs> is i ordered two of the moff gideon because i was going to give you one and then you ordered two of them
1: well i i ordered it like about a month or two ago yeah
0: well i had it in my cart and then i finally bought it because i don't know
1: um i hate the cards yeah sometimes i lost the storm shadow i was going to get the like they're doing the gi joe retros oh yeah like the 3.75 i had snake eyes and storm shadow in my cart went to check out storm shadow has gone That really irritated
0: yeah that's gotta suck so did you get all four of the um the clone wars black series from last week okay yeah right so because i did do two of each of those so anyway all right well cool on that note guys we will be back next week and we'll talk to you later
1: bye see ya
0: The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati, with new episodes out every Sunday. You can find more information about the show online at infamouspodcast.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Infamous Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcasting app. If you're enjoying the show, consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcast, or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast for our new tiers and rewards. The Infamous Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Brian Tudor, with music provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. You can find me on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Tudor. So whenever you're listening to the show, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is. And we'll see you next time. Later.